The gospel we just read is, is a precis of, a, of actually, it's a longer story. There's pieces missing in what we read here. But I want to tell you this story. It's a very powerful story in John's gospel about a man born blind who's going to be only the second person in all of the gospels to recognize the divinity of Jesus. But John sets him up as a person, he would be the least likely person to recognize Christ's divinity. Because John sets him up this way. First of all, this man wasn't looking for Jesus. He wasn't searching at all. Jesus found him. So he's a beggar. Jesus finds him and said, you want to be cured? The guy said, if you can swing it, yes. <laughs> no religious motive at all. Jesus cures him, and he's pretty happy. And he's walking around, and the people say, who did this? The guy called Jesus. He didn't know what Jesus was. They said, whoa, whoa, just a second. Don't say he did this, because only someone who comes from God can do this, and we know he doesn't come from God. And this man says, I don't know anything about religion. That's your issue. <laughs> I just know I couldn't see. He put mud in my eye, and I can see. So the Pharisees said to him, he said, you know, you were born in sin. Because you were born blind, that means you were sinful. He said, you know nothing. You're trying to tell us how God works. He said, I'm not trying to say anything. All I know is I couldn't see. He put mud in my eye, and now I can see. Then they call in his parents, and they say, tell him to shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And they don't want to be excommunicated. They say, he's old enough. Let him speak for himself. So they call him in a third time. And uh, now he's beginning to catch on. They say, he says to them, he says, I find this curious that you know religion, and I don't know anything about religion. And you say he couldn't do this, and know for a fact he did it. And they excommunicate him and throw him out of the temple. Then Jesus finds him. He still doesn't know who Jesus is. He says, do you believe... And the Son of God said, who is it? It's me. He believes in him. Now, I, I want to highlight that story because John is trying to teach a very important lesson here. And that is, notice this man, he's not religiously interested. He, he's not particularly bright, but he won't tell a lie. And because he refuses to tell a lie, Jesus finds him, Jesus cures him, and Jesus leads him to become a believer. Okay. Now, I emphasize that because we live in a society today that is simply beset with lies. You know, our society has just a very loose relationship to truth and reality. And that is the most dangerous spiritual thing we can do. You know, we sometimes don't realize this, but in the scriptures, Satan is not the prince of pride. And Satan isn't the prince of sex. Satan is the prince of lies. The very most dangerous thing you can do as a human being is to not tell the truth. And John is also saying, if you tell the truth, that's all you need to do. If you're honest, Jesus will find you and Jesus will lead you and, and take you. If you start lying, it all goes the other direction. Martin Luther <laughs> had a great commentary on this text. Martin Luther said, you know, God knows we're weak. God knows we struggle. He says, said, so sin bravely. Sin honestly. <laughs> no, and that's a great line. <laughs> God can handle human weakness. There's only one thing God can't handle, and that's lying. And you know why? Because if we lie long enough, we're going to believe our own lies. 
And that's the unforgivable sin against the Holy Spirit. You know, what's that? Jesus said, one sin can't be forgiven. It's the sin against the Spirit. And that's the sin, if you lie long enough, that you begin to see truth as lies, and lies as truth, and darkness as light, and light as darkness, uh, that's not forgivable because you don't want to be forgiven. You know, if there's anybody in hell, they're not in hell saying, if I had a chance, I'd live my life over. They're, they're saying, if that's heaven, keep it. They're seeing heaven as hell. See, that's corruption of the spirit, and it begins with lying. So I want to emphasize that message today because you all live in the same society. You know, and today, what is the truth? You have 100,000 blogs and every kind of thing, and everybody is creating their own truth, avoiding all truths that are inconvenient. And so we, we live in a culture, I don't think it's too strong to say, a culture of lies. And so um, don't let that, get a vaccination against that. <laughs> you know, because that can kill you. That Satan is the prince of lies. It's just the single most... Um, tell one, one last story. Because I preached last night to Monsignor said it wasn't long enough, so... Okay, I'm going to add a story. Okay. Now, there's a, a, a wonderful British Carmelite, famous spiritual writer, Ruth Burroughs, who's a Carmelite nun. And um, she writes in one of her books, she talks about what's it, what we call the happy death. You know, I'm an older Catholic. When I was a kid, our family used to pray the rosary, pray for a happy death. Remember that? And we'd fantasize a happy death this way, you know. They always told the story, you know, somebody, he drifted from the church, and then he finally he comes back to church, and then he dies of a heart attack afterwards, and he died inside the church. That's not necessarily a happy death. That's just death kept catching you on, a, on an up bounce, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> Burroughs said, this is a happy death. He said, you know, I love it, lived with a nun for almost 60 years. Said, and as a Carmelite nun, said, she was thoroughly mediocre as a nun. Okay. Said, but she never pretended to herself or to anybody else, I'm just this mediocre nun. Said, then some years before she died, she got cancer. And because she knew she was dying, she really tried harder to pray and be things. She said, but... 60 years or 50 years of bad habits, you don't cure easily. So she died as a mediocre nun. She said, was a wonderful, lovable, flaky person. <laughs> said, but she died a happy death. She said, she died an honest death. She died the death of a sinner asking God to forgive her for her weakness. Notice, she died a happy death. She died the life of a weak person asking God to forgive her for her weakness. There weren't any lies. That's today's gospel. Just don't lie. That's the only virtue you have to have. And Jesus will find you and he'll save you. Now, I'm supposed to do a little pep talk for the, for the, the mission. And um, first of all, I want to thank Monsignor for inviting me here. Uh, our mission, since it's Lent, and that's often when they have missions, that's the time you're supposed to kind of lay a little heat on your spiritual life during Lent and so on. Um, and the theme we've chosen is the passion and the cross. And so yesterday I gave a talk on the cross. Tonight at 7 o'clock I'm going to do a talk on the passion. And if you, if you watch the movie by Mel Gibson, The Passion of the Christ, come tonight you're going to get another interpretation. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, what was Christ's passion? What's the value of passivity and, uh, and how do you give your death 
the way you give your life, and so on. Then Monday night, we're going to do a piece on the Paschal Mystery. You know where? Scripture says, Christ died, leaving you an example that you should follow. How do we follow Good Friday, Easter Sunday, Ascension, Pentecost? How do we do that in our lives? Um, and you see, it's actually the great secret to, you know, transformation in life. That's Monday night. So, I hope that's long enough, Monsignor. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay.